I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode 25 today. I'm grateful to you for listening through the program today. We've dealt with some heavy topics. Uh, there was some great sadness to come out of Grantsville. We've uh, tried to do our best to be sensitive to that and bring you all the information as it's been uh, released. And we'll continue to follow that story throughout the day here on KSL News Radio. Any, develops that, any information that develops throughout the week, uh, we'll bring it to you here today is aside from our coverage of this great tragedy it's also dr martin luther king jr day school is out Uh, many businesses give their employees off the banks are closed Uh, there's no trading there on wall street Uh, it's a day to gather uh, and if not gather to at least reflect on the life of service rendered by uh, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. On the line, we have Janetta Williams. She is president of the NWCP Salt Lake branch. Uh, uh, Ms. Williams, I'm grateful to you for joining us. And, and let me just point out something. This is the first time you and I have interacted in, uh, in, in my new job. I used to be a Doug Wright's producer, and I was the one uh, calling you and saying, hey, uh, you think you could talk to Doug about this or that? Uh, and then I arranged that phone call and sit back and listen uh, to the two of you have a conversation. Well, now it's uh, you and me chatting. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing good, thank you. Hey, uh, and yes, I do remember you. Oh, very good. Hopefully, they're hopefully they're fond memories. And I wasn't calling too early in the morning uh, to to bug you to come onto the phone to the radio. No, it was okay. All right, very good. Uh, t- tell me what's going on in the state of Utah to re- remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Well, there, there's a lot of different things uh, going on. Uh, the NAACP we hosted our 36th annual Dr. King luncheon. Today at the Little America, uh, we have a very good crowd, and Elder Gary Stevenson with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was our speaker, and we had first responders awards, scholarships awards, the Huntsman Foundation received our Dr. King Award, and Sheriff Rosie Rivera received our Rosa Parks Award. So we had a good number of folks here that were really interested in civil rights and that's what it's all about making sure that people not only use this holiday as as a day to remember dr king but go about and do the work that he was had to dream about yeah would you tell me i'm curious about this rosa parks award to tell us what uh uh what the the sheriff did to deserve such an award Yes, we looked at, uh, well, we had a nominating committee, and so we looked at all of the work that she had done in the community, 
uh, with law enforcement, especially, and then some of the boards that she serves on. And when we created that uh, award in 1992, uh, Mrs. Rosa Parks came into town and presented the first scholarship award. And we did it for the sheriff to recognize the work that, that she does because so often people will criticize folks, but they don't really know exactly what goes into a person's job and then the other activities that they're involved with. Yeah. And we thought that this would be a great opportunity where we would uh, recognize the sheriff and all of the work that, that she's accomplished and that she's done and will continue to do uh, in the name of law enforcement. Outstanding. Uh, Elder Stevenson spoke. What was the theme of his address? Well, he talked about, uh, first he made the apology about uh, there was an article, negative article in the paper this past weekend. And so he wanted to assure the folks in the audience that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints do not discriminate and that they want to work and do things for uh, the community as a whole. And he talked about and showed uh, pictures of the meetings that we had with the NAACP uh, on on the national level when they came in Salt Lake City in April of 2018, uh, he showed about when uh, the President Nelson spoke at our NAACP convention uh, in July and just talked about working relationships and making sure that everybody come together and work together. The, the and, sorry. A bit building working relationships, and that's what it's all about. And and it was it was good. The the relationship between the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and the NAACP has been uh, fascinating to to witness. Can you talk to us a, a little bit about the genesis of that relationship? How did that come about? Well, actually, it didn't just happen in 2018. Uh, we've always had the NAACP here in Salt Lake City a working relationship with the church. Uh, in fact, uh, when President Hinckley was president, uh, he and I talked numerous times. And one of the, his concerns whenever we talked or whenever he see me, would see me was he would ask, how are they treating you here? You know, let me know. And so he was very concerned about race relations at that time. And I was also, before President South was president, he was an elder. Uh, he and I were friends as well. So I have had a sure. very long working relationship uh, with the church and with members of the church. And so then it didn't just happen. People think it just happened in 2018, but it's been for years now. And because and building up on that working relationship, that's why the our national headquarters, our national folks, were able to come in. They asked me first about the working relationships, and so I broke it all down and told them about all of the things that we had done in Salt Lake City yeah. with the church that a lot of people are not aware of, and they weren't aware of everything, and once they found out all of this, of course, they started, it started building upon the working relationship that we already had locally here. Let me ask you this. You mentioned race relations and civil rights. If uh, Dr. King were here today and he were to take a look at Utah, uh, what do you think he would say? Well, I think, you know, it's kind of hard to say what he would think, but what I would think, would uh, he would say that, you know, we're working and we have made uh, progress 
and there's still work to do uh, because when I have to go out on the schools for bullying or there's basketball games going on and, and people, not even just the kids, but even the adults, are calling the African-American and Hispanic kids names, uh, we know that we have work to do. And so it's incumbent upon each individual person to take a look at their prejudice that they have and making sure that they can work on that because for some reason we see this, these things happening even with some first graders and people need to take a look and, and make sure that they're teaching their children uh, not to be bullied, bullied folks and make sure that they're not treating people differently because of the color of their skin. Janetta Williams, president of the NAACP Salt Lake branch. Uh, I'm grateful to you for joining us today on this uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Thank you so much for your insight and your time here on this program today. Thank you. I appreciate it. All righty. Uh, that's it for today's program. Just a, a few more moments before we say goodbye until tomorrow. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground today and much of it uh, very tragic. I started my day in the early dark hours. Uh, I drove out to Grantsville. I parked myself in front of the house where this terrible tragedy took place. And I just sat and thought. And I looked at that home, uh, a perfectly normal home uh, with decorations on the porch and a bench out front and a driveway, a basketball hoop, a conversion van with the stickers on the back, uh, uh, one indicating uh, dad, one depicting, my, you know, the stick figure type, uh, and then the five children plus their pets. Uh, and I looked at those uh, stickers and I thought uh, that uh, it, it was a terribly awful thing that on Friday... Uh, members of that family, uh, represented by those uh, stick figures, uh, were terribly, uh, senselessly and violently murdered. It's a terrible, awful thing which has happened here in our state, something uh, which happens so, so rarely uh, and something uh, that we will have to uh, deal with now. Uh, there are fundraisers, uh, there are candlelight vigils, uh, all that information we'll have on our website, I'll put it on my Facebook page, and you'll be able to find it at ksl.com, certainly. Uh, and you will have to also think about how you're going to talk to your kids about what happened. Uh, and so that's a, a challenge. I am a dad now, and I'm starting to think along those lines. When terrible things arise in the news, how will I explain this to uh, my child? Well, I'll have to figure that out as you have to figure it out yourself. Uh, join me here tomorrow. This is Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, next up, Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News with guest host, Grant Nielsen. Next on KSL News Radio.